They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. The brilliant shooting of Stephen Curry continues. And he ties the NBA record with his 12th three-pointer of the game. All right, all right, guys. Welcome back. This is the NBA League Pass podcast, only on the War Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, and I'm still broadcasting from a city without an NBA team. That's right. We are broadcasting live from York, New Jersey. That's right. NBA League Pass podcast. The full court press of all things you need to know. NBA in 30 minutes or less. We've got a lot to discuss. We're going to begin with some headlines. A lot has changed, a lot has stayed the same since the last time we talked on the NBA League Pass podcast. For one, Joe Johnson, he's not headed to Cleveland, he's headed to the Miami Heat, he's on the Miami Heat right now. He's had a good couple games for the Miami Heat so far, so shout out to Joe Johnson. I guess he preferred uh, fun in the sun over the cold-ass weather they got in Cleveland. Excuse my language. Gotta talk about the Timberwolves, they cut Kevin Martin, possibly... Creating more playing time for guys like Zach Levine towards the end of the season. Depending on Kevin Martin heads in uh, his now brief free agency period. There's been talks about Kevin Martin going to the Spurs. That would add another shooter to their roster. Ginobili is out right now. So maybe Kevin Martin to the Spurs. If he could make it work with the Spurs, that's a great pickup for the Spurs. Bottom line, Kevin Martin, he can hit shots. He's a deadly three-point shooter if you leave him open. And with the way the Spurs share the ball, the way the Spurs move the ball, Kevin Martin as a three-point shooter, I would much rather have Kevin Martin than Jonathan Simmons coming off the bench in the playoffs if I'm the San Antonio Spurs. So I'll be on the lookout for that news. Uh, Other news in the NBA, Baron Davis, NBA D-League comeback. He just signed with a D-League roster yesterday. I'm not sure what Baron Davis is thinking out there. I'm not sure if the well has dried up as far as his NBA checks. Hopefully, he was saving his money. Hopefully, this isn't a comeback for that type of purpose. He wants to run up the bank a little bit. But even if Baron Davis could get in shape, I think he's been pretty much done as far as his NBA career is concerned. Him making an impact on the playoff roster. I just don't see it happening this late in the season. Baron Davis, he's been out of the league for like two years now. Even though B. Diddy, he had, he had some great years with the Warriors. Who could forget Baron Davis, his series against the Mavs, where the Warriors took out the Mavs that one year. But I don't see it happening as far as his comeback is, is, is concerned in the NBA this year. Also got to talk about the Rockets. They waived Ty Lawson, and uh, they signed Michael Beasley, which is an interesting move on the Rockets' part. Get rid of one headache, you bring in another, in my opinion, with that move. And then uh, Ty Lawson, he's looking to sign with the Pacers right now, which I, I do like for the Pacers. They need as many point guard options as they can get. Let's face it, George Hill, he's not an elite point guard in the NBA. And Ty Lawson, they're getting him for pennies on the dollar uh, if he would sign with the Pacers. So maybe you know they can work that out for the Pacers. You know, that would be a good look for them. Uh, let's talk about some other NBA headlines. Let's talk about the tough week for the Thunder, man. What's going on with the Thunder? Last time I made... NBA League Pass podcast 
the Thunder had not faced Golden State yet, so you got to consider the both loss to Golden State and the loss to the Clippers uh, in the past week and a half for the Thunder. Uh, real tough losses for them, in my opinion, simply because, for one, in the Clipper game, they were up by 22 points. They, they uh, surrendered a 22-point deficit uh, against the Clippers and lost that game. And they were completely demoralized against the, the Warriors, I felt, in both losses. Uh, of course, with Curry's game winning three, he had 12 threes in one game, 46 points. Uh, how can we forget that? Uh, Steph Curry making history out here on these cats. Uh, and then last night's game as well, you know, the Thunder did not bring their A game like they did at home. And uh, the Warriors were able to walk away, I felt, with uh, an easy win at home. You know, they still haven't lost at home yet for the Warriors. Having a fantastic season. Steph Curry, he's writing the history books right now as we speak. Possibly having the greatest NBA season of all time. I know Skip Bayless thinks so. And after what we're witnessing, you know what I mean, within this past couple of weeks, you know, it's getting kind of hard to argue against that theory. Uh, I tend to believe that different players have dominated the game in different ways, you know what I mean, as far as. The NBA is concerned in NBA history. Got to talk about Will, Kareem, Magic, Bird, Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, LeBron. I don't think is Dunk. I don't think Duncan, as good as he's been in the NBA, has ever dominated the league. But what more can you say about Tim Duncan? He's won five NBA championships. He's been in the playoffs damn near every year. He's been in the league, uh, but I don't think he's ever been dominating like we've seen the aforementioned players dominate in certain seasons i guess you could say he's had a dominant career though as far as his nba career dominant you could say making the playoffs every year for about your entire career is is dominant but not in the same sense of what we're watching right now with steph curry with we've seen with lebron james in the past kobe you know what i mean we've seen guys really dominate the league far as being unguardable being the most exciting player to watch that's what we're watching right now as far as Steph Curry uh in the NBA right now so I think uh the last topic of discussion as far as headlines are concerned where the rumblings coming out of Cleveland I know uh Kyrie and uh LeBron James Kevin Love they're having some issues as far as the media is uh reporting right now Kyrie came out and spoke to the media and talked about how there was nothing to really report. Um, and this all goes into NBA players and their egos. Um, it's never a perfect situation unless you're the Golden State Warriors, Chicago Bulls of the, of, uh, the 90s. Rarely is there a perfect situation. That's kind of why LeBron left Cleveland in the first place, why he left Miami to go back to Cleveland. It's never really a perfect situation as far as NBA egos. Um, so Kyrie Irving, they're saying that Kyrie Irving doesn't like playing with LeBron James, which I don't really buy into uh, completely. I think that, you know, he likes playing with LeBron James, but all the added pressure, all the added things that you can't really expect to happen, that's what's weighing on Kyrie Irving as a player, as a basketball player on the court, in my opinion, uh, as it pertains to LeBron James, you know. Uh, I think Kyrie likes playing with great players. Who wouldn't want to play with LeBron James and chase NBA championships? Because I tell you what, before LeBron got there, Cleveland, they were terrible. They they, they, they had won the number one pick the year before LeBron got there. Um, so, 
which one would you rather have? Would you rather be the number one go-to guy on a team that can barely make the playoffs and didn't make the playoffs without LeBron? Or would you like to play with LeBron, chase rings, chase rings, chase NBA championships, play for the glory of the NBA is concerned, and uh, play playoff basketball, play winning basketball? And that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. That's why I think Kyrie came out, said there was nothing to report because, look, he understands this is the life that I have chosen. You know, I knew LeBron was coming uh, in the offseason, and I signed up for this. This is what I signed up for. You know, we may not get along uh, off the court. We may not get along on the court, but it's all about winning games at the end of the day, and we have a job to do, and I'm a professional basketball player. It's all about getting the job done for Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Kevin Love. And at the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter from that Cleveland roster is whether or not they can win an NBA championship. That's it for headlines. The Los Angeles Lakers boast of three NBA titles this decade, as do the Boston Celtics. But it's been 18 years since anyone can claim two in a row. It was Boston then, and it's Boston now shooting for that mark. And once again, the last hurdle is their old friends from L.A. The Lakers danced their way to the finals with a flamboyant attack featuring the best choreography in basketball. They were healthy, happy, and clearly the team to beat. Meanwhile, the battered Celtics endured a seemingly endless series of wars back east. Drained by fatigue and devastated with injuries, the proud champions rose from the ashes in an inspiring display of courage. Now, they bring those scars to the biggest battle of all, the NBA Finals. It's that time of year, and tonight a new chapter unfolds in one of the sport's classic rivalries. It's the Lakers and the Celtics tangling again. Sports fans in this sprawling metropolis have frequently been portrayed as blasé, even laid back, if you will. But one team has turned this all around. It is the pro basketball team that plays inside the Forum here in Inglewood, California. That's right, guys. That skit is from the 1987 NBA Finals. Great way to introduce this next section of the show. It's called the Forum. This is where we head over to RealGM.com. We actively discuss on podcasts what you fans are talking about online, what you guys are actively discussing on the RealGM.com forums. First topic of discussion is going to be the 2014 NBA Draft. There's a forum up there right now as we speak questioning whether the 2014 draft was the most overrated draft in recent memory. And I got the uh, actual draft up on my computer screen as I'm looking at it right now. Andrew Wiggins went first. Jabari Parker went second. Uh, in my opinion, how could this class be overrated if the top two players are living up to their names? Uh, now, the question remains for the rest of the draft. Uh, I see a lot of players who have some staying power in the NBA. 
Rodney Hood. Uh, he was selected uh, 23rd overall by the uh, Utah Jazz. Like that pick. Um, but Zach Levine also, 13th pick in the draft. I think he has some staying power. TJ Warren at 14 is an interesting prospect right now in the NBA. Kyle Anderson going 30 to the San Antonio Spurs. I think Kyle Anderson has some staying power. But uh, other than that, not a lot of great players outside of Jabari Parker and uh, Andrew Wiggins, in my opinion. Uh, Aaron Gordon went fourth. He's slowly coming on. I think Aaron Gordon has a lot of staying power. At worst, he could be a Shane Battier type of guy. A uh, veteran in this league uh, for like 10 years to come from now. Dante Exum, he went fifth in the draft. He's, he's been injured, you know. Marcus Smart has been a, a great player so far for the Boston Celtics. Uh, the, the Boston Celtics are in their playoffs, you know. Uh, Marcus Smart was a good pickup for them. Julius Randle, he's performing below expectations, in my opinion, for the Lakers. I thought he would be the next Blake Griffin sort of in the NBA. Um, that's what he kind of was in high school and for Kentucky in college in his one year at Kentucky. But Julius Randle is, uh, hasn't been uh, on, on the same level as Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins thus far in the NBA. Uh, but he was out for his entire rookie year. Uh, he, he got injured the first game. So this is kind of like Julius Randle's rookie year. Um, Noah Vonley, he's on the Blazers now. He was selected ninth overall by the Charlotte Hornets. But... Uh, he, he's had some uh, good games thus far, but he hasn't shown very much. Um, as far as second-round picks, you got to mention Jordan Clarkson for the Lakers. He was selected 46 overall uh, in the 2014 NBA Draft. So he's a good player uh, from that from that roster. But other guys, you know, Tyler Ennis, he uh, came out of Syracuse early. James Young, he, he left uh, Kentucky early. Um... Jordan Adams out of UCLA hasn't been able to produce very much. Shabazz Napier, I think he's on. He might be on his third team. I'm not, I'm not even sure what team Shabazz Napier is on right now. He's not on the Heat anymore. Um, but yeah, looking at this, looking at this uh, draft, it, it's not the certainly not the best draft, but I wouldn't call it the most overrated draft uh, in a long time, simply because you do have. Some pretty talented players. I know this draft was built up as kind of like the next superstar draft. Uh, so far, it only looks like Andrew Wiggins and, and uh, Jabari Parker, the top two picks, are, are going to um, reach that all-star superstar level from this draft. Maybe Zach Levine. He's got some star power, some star qualities, I would say. But other than that, you know... Not a lot of other great players from the 2014 NBA draft. So, next topic. We're going to discuss from the Real GM forum. Because this is the forum, of course. Is uh, Jordan's competition in the 90s. And comparing that to what the league looks like right now for Steph Curry. So, um, the, the topic is called, is, is called A uh, Little Question About Jordan's Competition. And it goes in. It asks about uh, Magic, Drexler, Barkley, Peyton, and Kent, Malone, and Stockton. Basically, all the guys who Jordan has faced uh, in the NBA Finals. And you can't forget about Patrick Ewing, the guys who faced, he faced in the Eastern Conference. Um, now, uh, one thing you have to take note is can't really discuss whether these guys were great or not because Jordan was so great during this era he led all of these guys 
to not even win rings at all. You know what I mean? Elijah won with, when Jordan was out for two years. He was able to win, scoop up two championship rings. So other than that, guys like Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Stockton and Malone, Patrick Ewing, John Starks. They were never they were never able to win NBA championships while Jordan had his reign in the 90s. And speaking of reign, shout out to Shaq. The shout out to Shaq is pretty obvious. We got the Newark, New Jersey connection. Can't Stop the Rain instrumental playing right now. For all you guys who didn't know, shout out to Shaq. Look up that song right now. Shaq featuring Notorious B.I.G. Can't Stop the Rain. Great track. But as far as comparing Jordan's competition to Steph Curry right now, you also have to mention Steph Curry's team. I think it's understated the, the, the team that the Warriors have around Steph Curry right now. You gotta think about the second best shooter in the game, Klay Thompson. Like, that's like the greatest second star ever as far as Steph Curry is, is concerned because their games are so perfect for each other. Um, I think that Draymond Green as well, Baby Magic, uh, what he brings to the game for the Warriors. Um, so I think you can't really discuss competition right now as far as the Warriors are concerned. I know you got the Cavs are right there, the Clippers, the, the uh, Thunder, the Spurs, probably the top four teams right behind the Warriors as far as competition goes. And uh, last year as well, they beat the Cavs in uh, six games uh, without Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love. So we'll see this year. You know, this year will be a very testing year for the Warriors. Um, the Spurs, they, they have to beat the Spurs to basically get to the finals, in my opinion. They have to probably beat the Thunder to get to the finals if the Thunder uh, somehow get the four seed. You know what I mean? That means they're going to have to face the Thunder and possibly the Spurs or the Clippers to get to the finals. And the Cavs are going to be waiting for them if they reach the finals. Hopefully this time with a healthy roster. So, you can't again, you can't really talk about uh, history comparing it to the 90s just yet because we're watching history at, in this very moment right now with the Warriors uh, as far as their competition is concerned. Okay, next topic. Is Anthony Bennett the biggest bust ever? Now, this comes on the news that the Toronto Raptors uh, recently released the former number one pick, Anthony Bennett. And it's hard to really state whether he's the biggest bust ever. Yes, he's completely a bust. I know Jalen Rose. Shout out to Jalen Rose one time. He said that uh, there's no such thing as an NBA bust. And you're able to uh, buy your mom's a new house and uh, feed your family. But uh, if you look up bust in the dictionary... Your boy Anthony Bennett is going to be right there. Now, let's look at some of the factors that led to him being the bust. Number one, I liked Anthony Bennett as a prospect coming out of UNLV. Uh, only problem was I never expected him to be the number one pick. If he was like the number 14th pick, number 15th pick, number 16th pick in the draft, nobody would really care. Now, I'm not sure what the Cavs GM was thinking when he, he selected Anthony Bennett number one. Uh, he certainly was a talented scorer in college, but... I'm not sure what the hell he was thinking as the number one pick in the draft. Just, just bad scouting. The number one pick in the draft that year wasn't even picked in the lottery. And his name was uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, also got to talk about the 2013 draft. It was just a weak draft to begin with. So how does the biggest bust, 
bust come out of uh, the weakest draft. You know what I mean? That doesn't make any sense to me. If it's a weak draft, then it's hard to say that Anthony Bennett is the biggest bust of all time. You know what I mean? I would throw his name right in there with uh, Kwame Brown and Darko Milicic as well, though, as far as busts are concerned. He is a bust. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as calling him the biggest bust of all time. I actually think that um, he can make uh, a little bit of a name for himself in the league as far as staying in the league, staying power. Um, there's no reason why Andy Bennett shouldn't get minutes in the league when Kevin Serafin is getting minutes in the league. Uh, who would you rather have, Anthony Bennett or Kevin Serafin? I'd rather have Anthony Bennett because I think uh, he's a little bit better. Uh, but either way, last topic of discussion uh, I see on Road GM that I want to discuss is did Jordan ever take games off? Now, I would never really know this for sure. I was born in 1992. By that time, Jordan was already in the league about eight years, you know what I mean, uh, since like 84, 85. So, I'll never really know. All I know is what I've seen uh, from his game tapes and uh, some of the shit that I've seen online and uh, on NBA TV and stuff like that. And uh, I'll never forget this Jordan documentary that I watched. This is why I wanted to discuss it. Because I wanted to bring up this Jordan documentary that I watched where he stated that he never takes games off because there's a little kid somewhere out there buying a Michael Jordan ticket at, in Chicago or when he's on the road. And that might be their only chance to ever witness Michael Jordan in person. Now, you got to remember, uh, I talked about how YouTube has changed the NBA. Um... How YouTube has changed the way we watch NBA, per se. I should rather say. How YouTube has changed the way we watch NBA. This is another topic that you have to bring up. Nowadays, when Steph Curry goes off for 46 points, um, we can re-watch his highlights within a few hours. Whereas back in the day with Jordan, you weren't able to do this. The only way to watch his games were if you taped it on VHS. Then you could go back, skip the commercials, and watch Jordan's game tape. That's the only way. And even through doing that, it's, it's very hard to cut and mix and edit all of Jordan's plays throughout the entire game, throughout a 48-minute game. It's it's almost impossible to do that in the 90s. Now, uh, today's NBA, you're able to do that within a matter of hours. Uh, for example, Steph Curry's highlights last night, they're already up 33 points against the Thunder. They're already up online on YouTube. We can go watch Steph Curry's game Michael Jordan You weren't able to do that But back in the uh, Back to uh, The documentary Michael Jordan stated that he, he has to play Every game To the best of his ability Because There's somebody out there That's buying a ticket That That's their only chance To ever watch Michael Jordan play So he has to Play up to par And leave A lasting memory For that Fan which is extremely important. And I'll never forget uh, seeing that in the Jordan documentary and, and never forgetting that. Like, wow, like that's something to really embrace as a, as a basketball player. I'm not sure if NBA players today still think about it like that. And, and I doubt that they really do. They just go out there and, and they know that they're, they're the best players in the world. And they just play, in my opinion. Jordan, he had so much competitive drive. 
to even think about the fans. You know what I mean? Like what the fans were going to think about his game. That I think Jordan really brung it every single night. All right. And that's the end of the forum for today's uh, episode, NBA League Pass Podcast, man. We're going to take a quick break. Come back at you with some more sh- some more stuff. How much more do you want from me? More. How much more successful do you want me to be? More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f- does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. What the f- is he talking about? Okay, this next part of the show is dedicated to the players who got next in the NBA. We spent a lot of time discussing who's got it right now. But who's got next in the NBA? First part is called Match Made in Heaven. In this week's episode, the Match Made in Heaven is dedicated to three guys playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right, Jabari Parker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Chris Middleton. Uh, Their respective ages are 24 for Chris Middleton, 21 for Giannis, and 20 for Jabari Parker. I really like the youth of this group. I think they could do a lot of damage in the East. Not this year. I'm not sure what's going on this year, why they can't put it together this year. Uh, But next year in the East, they should be a force to be reckoned with simply because you got Chris Middleton, the, the pure shooter of the bunch. You know what I mean? He could stretch the floor with the three. He's got a great mid-range game. Jabari Parker, elite scorer. He's going to be an elite scorer in the NBA. Jabari Parker, you could bet your life on it. He can score inside and outside. Once he gets that three-point shot to fall with his array of moves and and the way he gets busy down low, he's going to be unstoppable. And you got to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, the do-it-all type of player. He's 6'11", he plays the three. He's got length, he's got size, he's got athleticism, he's got speed. He can do it all, he can rebound, he can pass, he can score. So, I like that combination of the shooter, the pure scorer, and the do-it-all type of player. And you also got to talk about defense. I like their length on uh, defense for this Milwaukee Bucks team moving forward. Those three guys have great length. They can play interchangeable to the two, the three, the four. I like the Milwaukee Bucks moving forward. That is your match made in heaven for this week's NBA League Pass podcast. The next topic we're going to discuss is the P word for potential. That's right. The P word for potential. This week's subjects are Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner. Two very different center prospects in the NBA right now. Rudy Gobert, what is it? Rudy Gobert, he's from France. He's this big 7-3 guy. He plays for the Utah Jazz. Extreme, extremely long wingspan. Uh, he could jump out the gym. He could finish plays above the rim. Kind of like DeAndre Jordan, Tyson Chandler before DeAndre as well. He's kind of that mode in the NBA. Now, Miles Turner, he's nothing like Rudy Gobert. He's a bit smaller. Uh, 6-11, uh, arguably 7 feet, somewhere in between that range. Miles Turner, he can step out and 
He's got a good face-up game uh, for a big man, okay? He can hit shots. You know what I mean? And I like the Pacers. They're giving a lot of minutes to Miles Turner now in, in crunch time, which I like to see. They didn't give a lot of minutes to him uh, early in the season, but as the season progresses, they're getting him more involved, more involved. And I like that as far as his confidence moving forward in the NBA. He could be a good third scorer, fourth scorer for uh, a playoff team, Miles Turner moving forward. So I like Miles Turner. My last area of discussion is destroy and rebuild. This is the part where we take a team's roster that's struggling right now. What can we do to help this roster out? Get them in the playoff contention. Get them in the championship contention. Destroying Bill this week is dedicated to the Washington Wizards. What's going on with the Washington Wizards? Bradley Bill has been he's been injured. He's had an array of injuries this year. Still coming off the bench right now and dropping buckets. He was my match made in heaven last week as far as Bradley Bill, John Wall, their backcourt. I love that backcourt moving forward. Is Otto Porter your three? Is Otto Porter your three going forward? Or or do you get a guy like KD in the summer? Really, that's not really up to the Wizards, though. So you can't really bank on KD coming to the Wizards and saving that franchise right now. And plus, if he would come, would that be enough to actually win a championship? If you insert KD right now at the three for the Wizards, are their big men good enough to win NBA championship? Now, I like Gortat. And I like Nene as a big man combination. And uh, I think you could keep those two guys. Definitely keep Nene and keep Gortat. But I don't think their big men, as of right now, are championship level players. Um, now, Gortat and Nene, they're a good combination if you want to make the playoffs, if you want to win games. But uh, do, they, do they take you over the top? And I would say no. Now, I think that adding another big, like maybe a Ryan Anderson, come offseason for the Wizards would be a great move. Or adding a guy who plays above the rim. Uh, right now, the Wizards, they're two big men, Gortat and uh, Nene. They kind of play under the rim. Gortat can finish, but he's not really an alley-oop finisher. Now, adding an alley-oop center to the Wizards roster right now will be great for a guy like John Wall, who is a willing passer and can obviously perfect that alley-oop pass in the NBA. I think I went over my time. That's all we got for today. NBA League Pass Podcast. Only on the War Report Radio Series. The full court press of all things you need to know. NBA in 30 minutes or less. We got to get out of here. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams. We are out.